This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. I've changed my setup again. Yeah. So I'm ever so slightly conscious that something might break <laughs> as a result. <laughs> Even though now, it's like the setup is as simple as it could be. What is it? What, what have you done? I've sent my hub back, my USB-C hub. Um, I posted that off today. So now I've just got a straight cable, USB-B, like the printer cable style USB. Yeah. Um, straight to USB-C, one single cable. It was like a fiver off of Amazon. Yeah, because obviously the, the hub didn't really work. I don't know whether the hub was faulty or whether just the overall flakiness of USB-C hubs is just the way mm. it is. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, it should be, shouldn't be flaky. It should be stable. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't seem quite right. I told you that it took out my entire Ethernet network the other night because it does the power pass through. Yep. So I kind of thought what I'll do is I'll plug, I'll leave my MacBook charger cable plugged into the hub and then the hub goes into the MacBook and then everything else that needs to hang off the hub, such as Ethernet, HDMI, can do that. Then I've just got one cable hitting the Mac. Yeah, I I would have done that as well. Yeah. Um, perfectly reasonable use. Totally, yeah. And it's rated for up to 100 watts and obviously the MacBook Pro 16 is... um, 96 so just four watts under so that's fine um and then i disconnected the macbook from it to take it downstairs obviously leaving it all plugged in on the desk charger going into the hub and then the hub going into nothing and i had ethernet attached and just the switch in my cupboard was going absolutely bananas like all the lights on it were just like it was like a disco in there okay Uh, and as a result the apple tv got knocked offline because that's on ethernet our router that we've got set up as a wireless access point that went offline and it couldn't get an IP from the <laughs> DHCP server. Yeah. That is like my main router. Um, basically, anything over Ethernet, just self-assigning itself IPs because it couldn't get anything from the DHCP server. Unplug the power cable Yeah, from the hub. The switch then just goes back to like normal, like just blinks every now and then on the lights. Okay. And then the DHCP server starts spitting out IPs again for stuff. Without you having to reset anything? No, it's all fine. Just unplug that and it's like we're, we're in business. So it sounds like it was trying to, you know, that it was essentially doing like a, a denial of service attack at that point. It, it must have been firing something off that was just flooding the, the, the network. I don't know whether like the, the power going through it was like causing some kind of interference. Because if you imagine like power is quite mm-hmm. a powerful force, isn't it? And then you imagine like network traffic being this very gentle little bleeps and bloops of data and then you've got power yeah. that's like you know a tidal wave next to it so i don't know whether the hub was just some of the power was uh, going into something it shouldn't have or interfering with something it shouldn't have it shouldn't be my, my, my gut feel would be that it's the adapter itself is essentially um is essentially relaying something back over the network um and it was the act of being unplugged from the mac potentially that that was sort of causing some sort of feedback loop there but when i unplugged the power cord from the hub with ethernet still attached the problem went away yeah bizarre isn't it? but at that yeah uh, i mean at that point though i'd imagine like whatever circuitry is inside the hub itself um is then dead because it's got no power going through it at all from anywhere that's i guess i'm i'm thinking this through in terms of the the hub itself it's probably got a controller chip in there that's that's managing the show, 
and it's essentially like a little arm based thing or whatever um, that sort of comes to life uh, when it, when it's got power running through it. So yeah, that, that kind of makes sense to me. Um, but in any case, it's not what you want. <laughs> no, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and there was other things as well, just little gremlins such as the HDMI would always look like the picture that came over the HDMI would always look like there was some kind of compression going on. Yeah. I just couldn't make it look good. Um, in Windows, it was okay. On Mac OS, it wasn't. So I thought, okay, Mac OS thing. Then I booted into Windows sometime, and then Windows looked like that. Yeah. I was like, well, what, what's going on? Um, and again, that, 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 reminds me of, that reminds me of something to do with um, the onboard chips and the fact that it's not just a direct kind of signal path. So I'm, I'm thinking of the, the Lightning to HDMI connector actually has um, an ARM chip and a, that's got a little OS on it inside of it and it effectively um, compresses uh, what you've got into like a, a stream uh, rather than it being a direct sort of digital signal passed straight out of, of the device. Right, um, right, right. You end up with it being, um, it's like an H.264 kind of encoding that goes on and what can happen is, is if you've got stuff that's really fine detailed or very quick, you end up with kind of compression artifacts with that adapter. And I think that's what I was seeing. Furthermore, my gaming mouse that I had, it's a wireless gaming mouse, so I plugged in the little um, wireless doodah USB thing into the into the hub. Yeah. And about every four to five seconds, it would freeze. The cursor would lock up, which is especially right. unhelpful when you're mid-game in uh, Counter-Strike and you suddenly uh, your mouse locks up on you. Yeah, that's that's not use, not usable. No, like that. I kind of thought my first thought was to blame the mouse because obviously thinking, oh, I shouldn't have gone wireless. I should have stuck with my mm-hmm. gut feeling and bought a wired one, but um, just using a plain old little C to A adapter, um, it's flawless. So, Yeah, sounds like it, whatever it's running on board is just not keeping up properly and yeah, I mean, like what you've described there would be exactly what I'd expect if, like, the whatever's managing inside whatever controller chip inside is kind of cycling through what what's connected. Yeah, um, and then is is kind of skipping a beat as it's doing that. Yeah, you know, so it's just not relaying any of the, um, just not relaying everything that's coming through from the adapter, or it's actually cutting the power to the adapter intermittently, or or something like that. Uh, in any case, it shouldn't be doing it. So, no. and it would like frequently disconnect and reconnect rapidly for like a few seconds. Um, yeah, especially in Windows, you would kind of hear the um, little did it sound you get in Windows when you plug in like a USB mouse or stick yeah. or whatever. So I'd go like did it did it did it did it did it did it for like five or ten seconds, then it would stop, and then like another two minutes would go by, and I go did it did it did it did it did it. No, um, are you going to try a different hub? No, no, this is it. This is kind of spurred on this whole new thing. Um, I'm just using my MacBook on the desk. Yeah. I've gotten rid of my monitor. And okay. Yeah, I'll just use my, my MacBook. It seems fine. Just elevate it. And, well, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I've just got it on the desk at the minute and it seems all right. I'm not at the desk yep. that often. Okay. And I can play games on it when I want to occasionally on the screen built into the MacBook and it's fine can get 60 frames at the native panel res on the games i want to play so damn <laughs> so decent. yeah um i'll just do that i think 
it basically yeah. means I've got one cable that I've kind of I've got my charger in in the cupboard that kind of comes up under the desk that I've kind of t- uh, cable tied the the power cable underneath so it's all neat and tidy. Um, I've just got one little power cable that sticks out one of the little kind of desk hole things, and then the once a week that I do this, I'll um, connect the USB um, audio interface and leave it at that. Yep. I think. So it's fair enough. Yeah, when I'm when I'm not at my desk, my desk looks like there's nothing on it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, I guess I, that's that's the the goal, right? If you're going to run off. Um a laptop and then it, you've got this spot that you sort of put it in yeah you know, to just have like kind of one cable that's that's got to be the goal really yeah well, the issue I mean, are, that's what USB-C is supposed to give you isn't it yeah and it kind of didn't but I don't know whether it's just that hub that was dodgy yeah yeah I don't know the only thing I'm worried about or well, that I need to look at now is because I've kind of cable tied my power cable to the underside of my desk if I ever go away I'm going to have to de-rig that so I'll probably buy a new cable, just USB-C mail both ends. Yeah. Um, because you can disconnect the USB-C from the power brick, can't you, on these new ones? Yeah. Which yeah, is just quite, take the brick away. Which is quite nice, yeah. So I can just take the brick out of the cupboard, leave the cable still tacked onto my desk, and just use my travelling cable, and then I'm good to go, I yeah. think. You can also have whatever length cable you want in that situation as well, so you, if it's more practical to have a shorter run or something yeah yeah so i'm feeling um yeah i feel it's better like this because i was finding that i didn't use my mac at my desk because with the big monitor on the desk it took up an awful lot of the uh the surface area of the desk and it meant having to use the mac through the monitor which is obviously not retina so it doesn't look that great um it just wasn't a very nice mac experience when it was plugged into that monitor great for gaming but to use it as the Mac, it wasn't very good. And I did try just sort of using the, the the MacBook on its own with the monitor on the desk, but just not plugged in. But you couldn't really open the MacBook fully without it hitting the screen. Gotcha. There just wasn't enough room to, like, make it. So I just thought, you know, let's just get rid of it. So, um, yeah, simplified it somewhat. I don't know if I'll keep it like this. Yeah. My gut feeling says I probably will. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how that goes. The only thing I've lost is Ethernet, which is a bit of a bit of a downer yeah but i mean if it's good enough without that for now then you know that can be sorted yeah you can and get, get usb-c an ethernet adapter even well um mesh wi-fi is on the cards anyway this month or the end of this month we kind of there'll be enough money by that point spare to to do that properly so we're thinking probably do that and that should solve the kind of wireless issue that's not so strong where i am right now right that should give you give you a much better connection. Yeah, well, I was holding out for Wi-Fi six mesh, but they're so expensive. They're like seven hundred pounds <laughs> for a two pack of either Linksys or Netgear, and I was like, blimey, I'll just go for the old one, like the old Wi-Fi yeah. AC, is it Wi-Fi five for want of a better term? Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't realise that Asus do some really nice mesh networking gear, so I'm going to probably have a look at those. Um, they're getting really good reviews. The AX sixty one hundred. Uh, two pack is three fifty, and they are Wi-Fi six, and they can do Ethernet backhaul, which is the big feature I'm looking for actually, because I have yep. got Ethernet running around the house to the points where I would place these nodes. So you've got the backhaul kind of set already. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. What's cool is with the Asus ones, they've got three channels uh, of like Wi-Fi, 
and one of the three, the, one of the Wi-Fi 6 channels, is reserved for the nodes to talk to each other. So they've got a Wi-Fi 6 channel all to themselves for the backhaul. However, if you plug in via Ethernet, it then reallocates that third channel to just devices that can connect. So it's quite right. advantageous in that you get like, you know, the pure speed of your network connection to the to the to each node, and then each node has then got a third Wi-Fi six channel. Um, not that the MacBook will make use of it because, of course, it doesn't come with Wi-Fi six. But I figure if I can get one a node close to the office, ideally in the office where I am now, then that would be a be a pretty good compromise, I think. Yeah. yeah, and I wonder whether you'll be able to, um, again, you could get an adapter for that later on, you know, for like USB, a USB-C adapter to be able to get that um, that faster speed. Possibly, yeah. I think the only time I really want it is when I'm connected to the Raspberry Pi, because uh, I'm using that as a NAS. Okay. Um, like sometimes yeah. if I chuck one of our GarageBand files at it for like archive storage, it can take quite a while, especially if I'm in the wrong room. If I'm in the in our lounge it's very very bad it takes ages if i go in the kitchen where our internet kind of comes into the house and obviously where our router is yeah um, if i connect over five gigahertz it's pretty good so i figure Fair if enough. i can get a a, a mesh node in the office here that should get me most of the way there i think but yeah i think you might be right i probably will i will cave eventually <laughs> and, and do it depends on what you're up to if you're um you're high speed gaming you might want to kind of do that yeah, possibly, possibly. I, I don't know. I mean, like the gaming thing. I know I got all excited about it when I first got the Mac, um, and it's all I wanted to do. As soon as I opened it up, I was like, oh, I just want to play a game. Um, but now I'm just kind of feeling a bit not over it. Um, it is nice to to play like a quick ten minutes of Counter Strike or Halo multiplayer or whatever. But I, it's not going to be what I do most of the time. Um, yeah, it'll be a very casual kind of just do it for a laugh. I kind of do it. If I'm going to do some dev work, which I have been doing the last few days, I'll kind of start myself off with just like a quick 10-minute round or something. Yeah. Which then completely removes any urge I might have had to stop working and go on some games. If I'm going to do that first, then I'm like totally ready for doing some work afterwards, which is seems to be working quite well so far, that kind of approach to it. Well, that's quite a good... Uh quite a good compromise in a way yeah and rather than you know what it's like when you're trying to figure something out and you just end up staring at the screen for like 10 20 30 40 sometimes 50 minutes at a time um <laughs> i know i do and you just sit there getting yeah. angry at yourself and it's like why well, can't i figure this out i can't figure this out i figure i'll just like go on a game for 10 minutes and just see if that clears my head oh it'd be interesting if, if that works that's great um because i mean like that's for me the, what i do is i i, I take a walk you know, I'll go, go away for, again, it's like five or ten minutes, do something else. And then by the time you, you, you come back, you kind of either come back and you've, um, you know, you've solved the problem in your head somehow while, yeah. while you've been away. Um, or, you know, you've, you've given yourself enough time out that you can kind of go back to it and, uh, and start hacking away again. Yeah, I find I get so. myself in a rut of negativity. Yeah. If, if, like, I've been stuck on something for too long. And I give myself a really hard time. Um, I get angry at myself and start to feel like, why am I even bothering? I should go and pursue some other career avenue I might actually be good at. And like, all these horrible thoughts go through my head. Um, so I figure if I can just step away, actually have a nice time yeah. for 10 or 20 minutes, and then come back to it with a clearer head, that might, might not be the worst thing ever. That's cool. That's cool, because you know, I was wondering whether like the, the gaming thing would be 
a complete rabbit hole or something. And it sounds like you've sort of reaching a a kind of healthy balance with it. Yeah. So. I, I mean, when I was um, in the first week or so of this MacBook, when I was kind of a bit unhappy about it for various reasons, like the coil wine it was making and the, the screen ghosting, all that kind of stuff, I was like, there's a big part of me thinking, why don't I just knock all of this on the head? Like all of it. You know, like yep. indie dev, possibly this podcast and just Crikey. and just like play games and just like <laughs> and just just call it a day i shouldn't have bought this mac um not even doing anything properly with it anyway why don't i just get rid of it build a game in pc for like a third of the price and just do that and yeah boy am i glad i didn't do that <laughs> <laughs> i was just in a bad in a bad frame of mind i think um yeah you would have been without a mac yeah, I was just feeling low about my kind of indie endeavours at that point in time. I wasn't sure where I was going. I couldn't decide on what I was going to work on. I wasn't sure if either one of the things I was considering working on was going to be worth working on anyway. Like, would the world even want it kind of kind of thing? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just needed to calm down, basically. And that's what it was. I was taking out all those frustrations on this MacBook by picking fault with it and being like, oh, this isn't quite right. That's not quite right. Right, it's going back. Almost as a way of sort of wimping out of the situation. Uh, and I guess that's logical, but in terms of like, you know, that's where you were at and and everything else. But I'm glad you've been able to kind of sort of persist and, and get right with everything. Because um, I think that would have been a, a big shame. Yeah, and I, it, it was, um, I knew deep down I was never going to like throw in the towel. But it was the first time I'd ever had a thought like that in like five years or however long I've right. been doing this which was the worrying thing. It's like, if this can happen now once, is it going to happen with increasing frequency in the future? Yeah. That's kind of like what bothered me a little bit about it. I think basically what it was is that I was feeling a bit uncomfortable with where I, or rather what I hadn't done in 2019 um, in terms of my indie stuff. I feel like just nothing really happened. And I've got this MacBook, which is kind of like a symbol of being able to do really awesome stuff. And it's like, well, I'm not really doing very much awesome stuff, so what's the point in having it? And I just felt a bit, as we spoke about, like imposter syndrome and uh, mm-hmm. not worthy, and maybe I should just get rid of it and not keep saying that I am this thing that I haven't been so far this year. Yeah. Because um, it's kind of like a big part of my identity, being like an, an indie dev. It's like, well, I haven't really done any indie dev, like in a whole year, and now I've got this fantastic machine and then people say to me, why have you got it? And it's like, well, I don't know, really. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I intend to do some indie dev, but I haven't done in like the last year. And I've got to ask myself why, really. Um, probably we're going back to work and having Oliver around being a baby. And yeah, I'm feeling good now, though. I'm feeling like I'm, I'm raring to go. I've just needed to get my head straight, I think, and sort of figure, yeah. figure stuff out over the Christmas break. Figure out what I'm going to work That's- on and actually do it. Have you have you found that you kind of feel like you're um, you're a bit more settled now in terms of knowing what you're going to go after and do sort of the, in in 2020? I think so. Yeah, and as I think we spoke about it, it was that um, like the Mac Stories Awards um, kind of triggered a lot of this when I saw them talking about an RSS reader, and I was like, oh damn it, <laughs> a really good RSS reader, and I'm trying to make a really good RSS reader, so therefore I shouldn't try to make an RSS reader. Um, then I sort of swung back to a, another old app idea I had and thought, well, I'll just do that instead. But there's competition in that area too. There's, com- there's going to be competition in any area, in any app that I pick. There's going to be another app that already exists that could be a reason yep. for me not to bother making it. 
I've kind of landed on, you know, I had a good think over Christmas and I, I'm going to, I'm just basically going to s- stick with what I was up to really with, um, with Readlist. I think it's uh, appropriate in, in its size and its scope. And I think I can do something that brings something a little bit different to the table with it. What I needed to come to peace with and what I didn't initially realise was that really kind of the writers at Mac Stories and the readers of Mac Stories that kind of are looking for a, a proper hardcore RSS reader, maybe they're just not my customers. That's possible. Because I'm kind of making, and really I'm trying to make this an RSS reader for everyone else that doesn't know what RSS is. And those that already do know what RSS is, they're probably fine, thank you very much. They've got all their RSS apps, they've got all their RSS backend services and goodness knows what else is attached to it they're kind of okay for the most part you might be able to sort of attract a few more of those maybe if i had a decent mac app thanks to swift ui i might be able to capture a little bit of that market but i think they're mostly okay um, yep i'm kind of going after kind of just like people like my parents um yep just like non-technical users don't know what rss is wouldn't know what it is even if you explained it to them but they can get behind the idea of a newsreader Maybe they need a bit of help figuring out what it is they want to read, which comes back to the whole sort of um, directory thing, which I've kind of got some ideas of what I can I can offer something reasonable without it becoming all-encompassing in terms of me becoming like an editor of it. So, yeah, I feel like there's something I can offer and I'm going to build it. And even if it falls flat on its face, it's a very good portfolio piece for hopefully maybe getting back into the proper workforce when the boys are a bit bigger and I'm not at home with them all the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah that's where i'm at i feel good about it and um yeah i'm kind of raring to go now i've kind of got this tool now that i can properly work with i'm looking forward to it and i think what you said about as you start working with it and setting up your development environment it will feel different yeah as in the device will feel different and yeah you, you were totally right about that kind of feels like that's mine cool. it feels like it's mine now whereas before it just felt like it was almost like one that was off display that's awesome and, and that's that's really good to hear you know that you're you're kind of hitting 2020 and you're from the sounds of it kind of raring to go um that's that's pretty cool yeah i actually need to get a apple developer account now i think about it because <laughs> i don't have one well I've, I've got one in the sense that i have one but i'm not paying for one so i can yeah. log in and then it's like please pay it's basically the first thing i said <laughs> so you can't do anything give us some money so like, oh all right then so um yeah if i'm going to start using icloud uh, uh cloud kit and stuff I'm going, to, I'm going to need one of those so um yeah i need to to get that sorted out really are they, what are they now like a hundred dollars or eighty dollars something like that or oh, 99 i think i think it's basically a hundred dollars yeah yeah so that's going to be a yeah. In my head, it's like that's like a, a sign of intent. It's like when I actually hand over a hundred dollars. Never mind what I've already handed over for the MacBook, but it's like the hundred dollars is going to be the the thing. Like, like we're doing this kind of thing, so I'm going to get that yeah. sorted out tomorrow because tomorrow is kind of like my first day back. Is the way I'm thinking of it. Hev's back at school. Charlie's back at nursery. All that, all that stuff. Um, sort of yeah. normal services resumed. So back into your usual routine. Yeah, my usual routine of sort of maybe get a couple of hours in the afternoon when they nap and then in the evening time when Hev's like marking books or whatever for school, planning lessons. So yeah, get into get into a bit of a role with it. Um never mind me. What what about you? <laughs> well, all we've done is talk about me so far. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Um, no, for for me, I've um I've done a similar thing in terms of I've I've kind of 
chilled out a lot over Christmas and given myself the space to sort of start figuring out what do I want to do with RoboHeads this year. You know, RoboHeads being my, my app development company that my apps sit underneath. And, you know, like on reflection, I sort of felt like I, I didn't achieve uh, what I wanted to achieve in 2019. Um, okay. I, I kind of wanted to get uh, Go VJ2 done in some fashion, and, and that never happened. And, you know, thinking through stuff a little bit further, it's like, well, actually, I managed to get AirSynth out of the door, and that saw you know, reasonable success for what it was. So actually, 2019 was good in those terms. I'd say it'd be very, yeah, that was probably on paper, that was a very good year for you, I'd have said. Um, I think so, really. I don't know what your numbers are like, but I'd imagine that's probably the best yet, right? Yeah, yeah, it has been. And I think if I just think things through, it's a case of, I think really what it is, is GoVJ2 has been this kind of aspirational thing for a long while. And because it actually needs some dedicated time and I've not been making that time, then I've been kind of beating myself up over that. Uh, So I've kind of had a bit of time and a bit of space to sort of think stuff through and go, well, okay, what do I want to do? And I do want to get the update to go VJ done. And I'm kind of midway through um, sort of initial UI development on on a version of that um, using SwiftUI. Hey. That's actually come, yeah, and it's come together quite quick as well. Um, there's this sort of flow with Swift UI that I seem to actually be achieving, and, and I'm quite happy with that. So, my plan for 2020 is to make sure that GoVJ has some dedicated time each week, and I can kind of see when in my diary that's going to happen. There's a bit of time if I get up early enough on a the morning. There's um, definitely a, a bit of time on a Sunday morning in, in the weekend. Um, so there's going to be this sort of bare minimum where I'm, I'm putting, you know, maybe four or five hours a week towards it in one way or another. And and I know that if I do that and just keep doing that, then, you know, come sort of the middle of the year, I'll basically have, have something that's kind of working. Um, and then it's probably going to need me to kind of knuckle down and start making sure that I'm giving like, you know, probably a full Sunday every two weeks and a little bit more time here and there. And then I can actually sort of push push the uh, the gas a little bit more to just get it done and get it out. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of, that's kind of the plan for GoVJ. And to the side of that, I do have these, I have enough time if I focus in the right way to sort of hack on a couple of smaller projects and so I guess my target really is to have go VJ out by the end of the year um, and to also have a, a, a much smaller probably single screen kind of basic app out as well um, because there's I've got a list of sort of small side project ideas um, a lot of which I'm trying to sort of focus around just being a single screen, a single thing that it does, like a literal literal MVP, you know, minimum viable product. Yeah. Um, and so my other target is to, to put one of these things out in the course of the year as well. You should do that running thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I've forgotten um, what it even is, but I remember the first time you told me about it, I was like, <laughs> that is a good idea. And so it sounds it's a, like it's totally um, achievable. It's a pace tracker, essentially. It's to help me um, keep my pace. And it would 
operate as a an Apple Watch app. Yeah, you've got to do that. I mean, that just fits into Apple's narrative with that Apple Watch device totally. Um, I mean, you'd just be aligning yeah. yourself for potential feature after feature after feature in the App Store. Like every time they do a marketing push for Apple Watch and they want to convince people that it's going to change their lives, you stand to get taken along for a free ride, I think. Potentially, certainly stand to be included within lists of, of you know related running apps and that sort of stuff and to sort of be boosted by that so, yeah yeah and like the way the yeah. app store is now kind of curated like by editors and you kind of get like you know our favorite running apps and this and that and various yep. different kind of write-ups i yeah it it seems like a no-brainer i mean you thought you had success with AirSynth. i think this could eclipse that to be quite honest with you it's um it's funny because the the reason i'm looking at doing that is because i've started doing park run and Park Run is a, a 5k run that happens every Saturday morning. And there are kind of Park Run groups all around the world. So it started in the UK. And so you've got, I don't know, somewhere between uh, well over like 50 Park Runs are, are happening in the UK. Right. Um, and then I think there's a few in America. There's some in Australia. There's some in Canada. There's obviously there's one in... There's, quite a few in New Zealand as well like every major area has one um, and so there's this community of runners who are turning up every Saturday morning and they're doing the 5k together and it's volunteer run and the way it works is you you, um, you have like a, a barcode that gets scanned um, that you take with you and you, you scan it on the way um, through the, the, the end so you pass the finish line and somebody beeps you gives you a token that's also got a, a, a barcode on it and then they scan both of them together to log the the time of that barcode on the token that they've given you and connect it back to your account with the um, the barcode you've given them right and then the end result of that is when they've processed all of the um, all of the codes and the times and filed that through is you get an update on your time for that week but you've got this whole community of people who are doing this every week and the app that I thought of is something to help me improve how I'm doing with, with part run. Um, so it's about, I, I realized that I was not maintaining a good pace through the whole 5k. And actually I've got kind of this, I, I peak and then I drop off halfway through really quite severely. Um, and so what I'm trying to do is train myself to sort of run a bit slower to start off with, to kind of give myself more, more gas in the tank um, yeah. for later on. As I've come up with an idea that should help me kind of train for that. And I think, if I think about it, there's this potential there that if I can hit on something that sort of helps people with, with part run, there's this whole community of people who are turning up each week and, and doing this um, who could potentially be interested in an app that helps in that way. And, of course, you know, there's people running in general who may be interested as well. But I've got an idea of my kind of target market, if you like, um, so yeah, and, and I can kind of see this becoming maybe it's got legs in terms of being uh, a tool that supports people for their park run in one way or another. So it's a, for, for me, it's about improving my pace right now, but I could imagine there might be other things that sort of come out, you know, as, as I actually get something real and start using it. Yeah, but I just think of Heather, like she doesn't do park run, but she does run. Um, yep. And I know she does roughly... The sim a similar route or an identical route every week or rather one of one of two identical routes um so i wonder if you could 
sort of tell it that you're doing this route again and then it could compare your pace from last time and if you're shooting off ahead like you say um going too fast at the start and it could say well actually you average out this speed overall and right now you're doing 20 percent above that because you're at the start maybe you get a little tap tap on your wrist and be like hey slow down kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah i i just think any runner could use it really um i know heather would quite like it. i keep saying to her to get an apple watch um yeah she got some money in like vouchers for amazon for her birthday from various people and it's like come on buy just an apple it. watch yeah. <laughs> like you are the target market not me like i shouldn't really have one you should have one um, she's like, no i don't want one like, oh, fine so, <laughs> yeah but no i think that's a great idea really do think it's a great idea see what happens as the year goes on but that's definitely on the cards for me to uh to put a bit of time in so yeah it's kind of a case of um i think go vj is the core project and when i hit walls with that or if i need a diversion um then things like this running app are probably gonna gonna take form so yeah hopefully that that's kind of what i want to achieve in this year if i can put two apps out by the end of the year i'll be happy and if one of those is go vj i'll be really really happy yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i um i haven't really thought about a release date really for like read list and like how quickly i want to do it um i'm not in any particular rush but i don't want to be like sat on it for ages just sort of dawdling yeah. do you know what i mean um so and I'll come back to this again and again, but I think you need to set a target for yourself with it where it's not a target for release, but it's a target for when you put it to test flight. Um, so it's a target for when you are effectively release, releasing it to other people, a small, a small test audience. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, maybe, maybe we can recruit people um, who are listening to this podcast who might be interested in, in giving something like that a whirl. You yeah, know, but I think I think you should perhaps put put that out there as an idea, um, and then set yourself a target as to sort of like, you know, at some point in X months or this month, this is when I, I plan to sort of, you know, at least get something in front of people. Yeah, um, even if that's just like one screen, you know, j- just something that gets people to play with something. Um, Dub Dub keeps coming back to my to, to me in my mind. Just like I'd like to have something, maybe not finished, but something that's got some substance to it. Yeah, but that I could demo and sort of give someone a really good idea of what it is, even if it's not one hundred percent ready to go. But to be able to yeah. like, you know, meet someone you know in a bar and be like, "Hey, this is my app," and show them through it, and they get it, they get what the idea is. Um, that's cool. That's a good a good target, I reckon. Yeah. And- yeah, so that that to me, if you work backwards from that, that would sort of say that maybe you've um, you're hitting for like first week or so in May that you would want to kind of do that that initial test flight, maybe somewhere around there, because like that would mean that you would be fully fully on track with whatever that feedback is from those people to then have for Dub Dub something that's in the form that you're describing. Mm then Apple will ruin everything and I'll have to undo all of what I've done and redo it in iOS 14. <laughs> <laughs> Always oh, possible. Could always be a busy possible. summer. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> OK, 
game will call that a wrap if you've enjoyed today's show it'd be great if you could leave us a review on itunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in overcast by hitting that star button that will help us reach even more like-minded people um, also we have our slack channel we'd love to invite you to join our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out if you'd like to join uh, just leave us a message on twitter at wfr podcast and we'll get you signed up so dave before we run off where can people find you you can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads, that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com, again that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. How about you Dave? You can follow me online at DaveNot.co.uk or on Twitter, I'm at underscore DaveNot. 